0: a rare breed of African lion was captured in a residential neighborhood. Sir, what was going through your head when you came upon the lion?
1: This shit is fucking crazy. <gasps> I don't even know how a lion got into the neighborhood. I heard some growling and shit out in the yard. So my roommate and I, we go to check this shit out. I look up in the tree and there's the fucking king of the jungle. You know, I love them so much. Love
0: who? The girls at Madame community
2: you know, You've been spending our rent money on Filipino hookers.
1: You're not hookers. You're the size of the you not hooker. Besides the hookers. You was besides your cock for money. There's a word for that, I think it's hooker. You're a hooker! Adios, turd nuggets. <laughs>
2: Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Squared Triangled, your weekly movie about video game podcast. I'm your host Blake. I'm with Brent today. How are you doing, Brent?
0: Good, man. Also, I like what you've done here. Um yeah. and it's funny cuz it's one of the big things about the movie that I kind of wanted to talk about is how it touches on gaming and how not common that is in movies, I feel like. But I'm doing well. Thanks. What about you, Chris? How are you doing?
1: Oh, bro, I'm doing super good. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> bro I'm
0: doing good thank you for asking i got a fucking monkey i'll teach it fucking taekwondo bro
1: <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead blake
2: i assume that everyone here has seen this movie before this week
1: yeah oh yeah dude that's absolutely why i'm glad i'm i'm glad and mad that you're the one who picked this and i'll tell the story at the jump with me and my best friend who i know listens to the show so what up um he used to what up big dog yeah, yeah. woof woof what up? Uh, up Frank definitely not named Frank I actually don't know a single person <laughs> named Frank um, but yeah we used to have sleepovers at my house and we would walk to the block I don't know if we would walk we would go to the blockbuster that was like a week um, less than a mile away maybe and we would rent grandma's boy literally every time so I, <laughs> I think I've seen this movie a solid 30 times mm. <laughs>
2: Oh, pretty much the nice. same here. So what do you think of the movie overall, Chris, while you're talking?
1: I don't think there's a funnier movie in the last 14 years, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> Holy really? shit. Holy yeah. shit.
0: <laughs> Hi, accolades from my man Chris over here.
1: <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brett? High accolades. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I also love the movie. I have not watched it nearly as much times, but I have probably watched it 10 times through. Uh at max, somewhere in that ballpark, 8 to 10. I love the movie. And it's crazy because it's a movie I've not seen in probably 8 years minimum. I know there's no way I've watched it (laughs) since I was probably 18 or 19. And I remember this movie like I fucking watched it like the day before I watched it again it it really blew my mind how much I remembered it and also how much I remembered the few scenes that were not in it because we chose to watch the standard edition and not the slightly and I mean slightly longer unrated version (laughs) One of my favorite lines from the unrated versions is when he goes and he has sex with uh, when uh, Nick Swartzen's character Jeff has sex with Sophie and he says he's talking about he's like, her pussy smelled like the Great Depression. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was curious if
2: I'd seen the unrated before because as you said we watched the like standard version or whatever. Yeah. So I have seen the unrated because I remember that line so i wasn't sure if i'd actually seen that one or not before No,
0: it's a it's a great move
2: yeah this is one that i have also seen like chris probably 30 or 40 times throughout the past 14 years you said is that how long when this came out
1: yeah 2006 yeah okay yeah which that that actually fucks me up because it kind of it's one of those like time things where it's like oh that movie is so old that means i've been friends with with chris for t- almost 20 years that means i'm old <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yes i wasn't being confusing my best friend's name is also chris so it's a little it's easy but it's a little nice little weird.
2: hey my high school nice. best friend's name was blake so another thing we have in
0: common <laughs> damn yes. i've met only one other person named brett in my entire life
2: yeah, well, I don't think I've ever met anyone named Brett besides Yeah me neither, you. you're the only Fucking Brett I know sweet, dude.
1: Actually I know a different Brett Kind of a tool uh, <laughs> See the only other one no, I've I'm met like
0: looked Brett. like an ogre He kind of looked like Shrek uh, And he Brett. was an asshole
2: Pull <laughs> wax out of his ear and make candles and shit Oh, Absolutely sick. Weird dude mm-hmm. so, so yeah I grew up well, I guess not grew up when this movie came out I was like 14 or whatever But mm-hmm. as a teen I definitely watched this movie way too many times <laughs> Yeah and it's weird because like i watched it so much before i started smoking weed that once i started smoking weed i already hit the point of like i don't want to watch that movie anymore <laughs> so it's a weird stoner movie that i didn't watch very much when i was a stoner so
1: yeah <laughs> well it's one of those movies where like i'm watching i used to, obviously when i was younger i didn't smoke and now like watching it I was watching it I'm like bro high people don't act this way (laughs) (laughs) but I also finished that movie and I was like I'm gonna buy some weed
2: (laughs) yeah like I've never once smoked weed and then picked up a controller and played a video game on a black TV screen well, like, that's that's not you what we do. Right thing. No. <laughs> he
0: he mixed together the Frankenstein, the shit that gives you antlers. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, important note to put here, and I feel like this is a really important disclaimer. Mm. I normally th- this movie exists in an anomaly for me i am normally not a huge fan of rewatching most stoner films because a lot of them rely on and i'm not saying that's not true of this movie either but this has a different nostalgia too but a lot of those movies rely on shock factor and because okay i should say this they rely on shock factor to me because as someone who's not a stoner the stoner comedy while it lands a little bit sometimes depending on the movie a lot of the times, it's not a highlight for me, even though it's part of the movie. So, the stuff that actually ends up being something that I find memorable and funny and relatable or whatever tends to be things that are kind of like a shock factor moment. Uh, and Pineapple Express is a perfect example. I'm not hating on the movie so much as I have never had any wish in the world to rewatch the movie because I already know all the parts that actually made me kind of go, that movie was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, rewatching this movie, and I've done so so many times. This movie exists in a weird way where now I'm much more comfortable with drugs than I used to be. Like drugs and alcohol used to give me like weird pits in my stomach I didn't like that. Um, so this movie has always existed somehow outside of that. And I think the reason is, that is for as much of a stoner movie as this is, it's also... I think I love games so much and I always have that at the core of the movie it really is a movie about games it's just told through the perspective of kind of a stoner setup Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason this is a movie I can watch a million times over I think a lot of the comedy is less about the pot side of things outside of just a few crazy things like the Frankenstein arms when she's walking. A lot of it's just kind of about craziness of getting together. Maybe it is because of drugs and stuff, but it's more about like the party element of things whenever things start getting crazy at the grandma's house. You have the... You just have so many things, I think, that work without... Like, if you took all the pot stuff out of this movie, I think the movie still works for the most part and it's still a pretty funny movie. Now, there are clearly funny scenes that involve the pot... But right. uh, you know all the pot jokes, but it's really this movie works without it, and I think that that must be the reason that even though uh, the weeds aspect is like a huge part of it, it's never really bothered me, and I don't really. It just exists in a weird way, and I I tend to talk about how stoner movies don't land with me much, but this is one I've watched multiple times, and every time I watch it, I fucking love it. It's so mm-hmm. good.
2: Well, uh, like you like you know you compared it to Pineapple Express, and I think that's a good comparison. But also, that is a movie where its plot is entirely wrapped up in weed. Like, exactly. I mean, the title is the strain of the weed that is in the exactly. movie. Yeah. And this one, like you said, it's a movie about stoners, but it's not a, a, like a stoner movie. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, you could take the weed out of the plot and it'd be fine, whereas Pineapple Express, if you took weed out of it, like you don't have a movie anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like where sandlot is a movie is a baseball movie but it's more about the kids coming of age you know like that kind of that kind of right. thing
2: that could be any but, sport and it would still work
1: right
0: it, yeah it doesn't have to be a sport i think it could be kids just doing whatever hobby happens to work that brings these sides out of them
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. magic the gathering and the wind blows the cart into the, the guy's yard with the dog and <laughs> the guy's got
0: a <laughs> dragon <laughs> <laughs>
2: So yeah, I um yeah, I'm not a big fan of stoner movies either, which is weird because like I don't smoke anymore, but I did have probably a 6 or 7 year phase that I smoked like almost constantly. <laughs> and even during that time, I wasn't big on stoner movies. Like there've obviously been some standouts. I mean Pineapple Express is possibly my favorite comedy of all time. Yikes. But like Cheech and Chong, I never got into those movies, mm-hmm. like How High and stuff like that. So well, I kind of fall in line with you, Brett, in a way.
1: I kind of feel like the thing with Stoner movies, and this movie's guilty of it too, but it kind of fits with like almost the like parallel universe this movie's set in, where like <laughs> to make a Stoner movie funny, it has to be absurdist, because if you watched a movie about people who actually smoked weed, it'd just be a bunch of dudes eating Doritos and watching movies, and that's not an actual yeah. movie. So you have to have these people pretend to have antlers and all this kind of shit like <laughs> like realistically honestly to me the only part of this movie that's even close to accurate about what it's like to be high is all the grandmas um, after they make the tea out of the <laughs> weed that's the closest because i could see three people who've gone their entire life not smoking weed and then basically taking edibles having that reaction <laughs> You know? Yeah, because
2: edibles in and of themselves are, like, wildly different than just oh, yeah. smoking weed. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah, like like you said, a movie based in reality with stoners would be kind of boring. Like, my favorite memory of me, and this is, has to do with edibles more so than smoking, but still is I ate way too many edibles and started playing Ocarina of Time on the N64 and then woke yeah. up 13 hours later. <laughs> so, like, nobody wants to watch that movie. You'd be watching me sleep for two hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess um, you said, Brett, that this was more a, video, a movie about video games for you
0: i mean i guess that's kind of the big thing to me and like always the big takeaways is all of the humor that's based around okay i i think if i'm going to be like real about what i think one of the biggest things that i like about this movie is is yeah. it, it's a very weird thing and tend to our uh, um movies that adam sandler and his production company tend to be involved with i find often or at least back definitely in the late 90s and early 2000s tend to be wrapped up in a parable that's a little bit larger than the movie itself so while you have something and i want to go back to that pineapple express comparison i don't i mean there's of course other things happening at pineapple express like friendships being explored and stuff like that but like you said the bulk of it really is about the legitimate craze like over-the-top craziness of all the stuff that's happening with this weed and drug-related storyline. But I think even some of the more goofy Adam Sandler movies and then, of course, a lot of his uh, Happy Madison Productions movies, they tend to have their have some kind of a filter that they want to be viewed through, but then they also have some kind of a deeper thing that they're <coughs> kind of looking at in there. And they're normally doing it with kind of a weird take on it where it's kind of comedic, but still you can find something in there. And I think one of the big takeaways from this movie, one of the big things that's in this movie that's talked about in a way, and you see two sides of it, and this is going to sound potentially really weird, but I've always felt this way when I watched a movie. So I have a quick question for you guys. Mm, Yeah. And it may be specific to me. When you were growing up, did you have parents that and teachers and all these people around you in school and growing up that were constantly like, oh, my God, you're so smart. You're so smart. You're going to do this. You're going to grow up and be so smart. You're going to do great things. Oh, yeah. Did, was yeah, that I a think thing every for you guys?
2: adult does that to every kid, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> I think it happens to some extent. But I think some people do it to such an extent that it can – and then some kids do actually feel in themselves that they, at one point in time, meet that calling – but then they constantly live in this weird fear of never being able to hit that again. Mm-hmm. So, what I'm the way I kind of phrase it in my notes is that JP in this movie is like the classic example of people who got way too much praise as a kid and have this crippling need to exceed or at bare minimum meet that expectation and stay in that mindset that was established when they were coming up. So, sure you see that in a toxic side of him because he's stealing other people's ideas to try and get there. He's, you know, acting like he's the best whenever he's around people. But the crazy thing is like, he's clearly in on the fact in a slightly deluded way that he is this way. Cause you kind of see him when he has this moments where he's like dissociating and he's having these moments where he like talks to himself, but the robot version of himself is like an alternate personality. So I think that's like a, a crazy far cry of it, but we see that, and they, it's funny how they try and do that thing with like they humanize JP a little bit by having him come over to Alex's house, have that big powwow where they're talking, and he's saying like, you know, I just want to be a normal person. I want you guys to like me, right? And. It's a great scene because in the moment you kind of do feel for him even though they're doing it through a comedic lens, right? Where he has all that spit dripping from his mouth. And <laughs> it's true to who JP as a character has been established as but it's also a pretty heart it's like a heart-wrenching moment really because you kind of understand where he's coming from but then he betrays all that trust with the end of the thing. Yeah, And then I think you see Alex on the completely other side of that and the movie kind of touches on this thing where he was told he was smart and everything but instead of leaning into it and then getting this fear of depression this fear like this crippling anxiety about meeting that and being this prodigy he ended up slacking off and kind of following this route that his dad wanted him to do to be an accountant until he eventually comes to his senses and decides he wants to do what makes him happy and in the opposing sense we see him come into what JP is trying to get and watch JP goes about stealing his game because we see Alex come into this person who's spent these last three years doing this creative dream he's talked about and making this game that goes on to be this cool like you know little thing and big release for the company. So I think when you look at those two characters as crazy as JP is to be like the antagonist of this movie (laughs) because he almost doesn't seem like a threat or anything but I like that weird dynamic and I guess I view... As much as it's a movie about games, it's also a movie about something more real, funneled through games, and then funneled through an extra layer of stoner comedy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think my favorite thing about JP, though, honestly, is that he's basically like Marilyn Manson if he didn't know how to sing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I can that's actually—I
0: that. mean, that's that's like, not too far off. <laughs> Marilyn Manson is a relatively he's one of those people that was considered a young prodigy as well like
2: the platform boots and the leather jackets and shit oh yeah for
0: sure it's just i can't watch the
2: movie without thinking about him
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious
0: i get it um you know one of the things that it to me is so funny because the movie like le- uh, pretty much legit says it is jp and it's it's something we more commonly talk about now and we have like a real term for it but they do kind of mention uh kind of it whenever jp when he's dealing with uh samantha he kind of has this white knight syndrome about him oh yeah where he's just like milady, and he's doing all the oh, things that are memes now yeah right but well before they were things that were getting memed <laughs> the
2: miladies made me cringe so much
0: i love it and i love how she's like enough with the milady! what are you a knight <laughs> <laughs> i love his
2: intro walk when they first open the door and he comes in and he like has the rock ballad playing and it's like kind of slow-mo i just every scene that he's in like he's
0: awful but he just steals the show i think he's probably the best part of the movie
1: oh yeah definitely
0: so who's that actor because i feel like i've never seen him in anything but this movie but
1: i love him joel david moore
0: joe david moore is it joe or joseph joel joel david moore gotcha gotcha
1: like my favorite golfer
0: i don't again i've i don't know that i've seen him in anything
1: else but it's pretty interesting he's in um avatar is the only other thing i could think that you might have seen him in excellence
0: yeah so he was in dodgeball too
1: oh Oh, yes
0: yeah see i must say i and when i was watching the movie my face was like he looks familiar but i can't name what it is that i've seen him in you know yeah he's already
2: slated to be in all the avatar sequels too i heard you mention avatar chris did, yeah. but avatar you know why rough movie so he doesn't die in any of them i guess because he's listed all the way up through five
1: hey yeah, he could be like, uh, <laughs> like a manifestation like a ghost you let me die <laughs> alien ponytail sex my hair didn't lose its virginity how am i supposed to go on so he has one of my like
2: favorite lines and it's like the worst line in the movie Mm -hmm. and it's when he's backing out of the um like the game room or whatever the break room yes and he's just like adios turd nuggets (laughs) 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 it's
0: just so dumb and it makes me laugh every single time that's the thing he's quotable oh for sure like let's lay this down real quick. What's everyone's favorite JP quote that comes immediately to mind? Either that one or how did he see me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was really good. Mine is uh, please sit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just love he's
2: standing there with his jacket out and then he's like what are you doing JP? <laughs> how did
0: he see
1: me? <laughs> he walks uh, like, how did he I see watched me? The, I watched this with uh, my parents today. The, I was watching it um, and the scene where the gra- where grandma scares him in the bedroom with the uh, <laughs> with Sophie came on. I was like, no, oh I need God. to watch this with my parents. So I went upstairs, and put it on, and my dad just started He goes, "Did he think he couldn't see him because he was wearing black?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh,
0: I think my favorite JP quote before ben. we move too far over that Sorry, is yeah. when the dude comes in and says uh, he's talking about the music being too loud and he's like uh, oh I just I don't like techno and <laughs> his response you is robot- you would if you had robot ears
1: <laughs> eject yes
0: <laughs> it's, he the, also just- it's the way he says shit it's like you would if you had robot ears yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, there's so many I want
2: to get my legs replaced with uh, metal legs it's a risky uh, procedure but I think it'll be worth
0: it (laughs) one more and we can move on another one of my favorite ones just because it's so it's so quick and you almost if you're not paying attention you don't even hear it because it's not given like any kind of front and centeredness but when he's talking to samantha before she takes the testers out to dinner for finishing out the thing mm. and he's like but beneath all of this genius is a human <laughs> i'm working on that <laughs> which is a call back to the you know the metal legs and stuff i think because it's like he kind of wants to rec- recreate himself yeah uh, but chris yeah going yes. back to the thing you were talking about this is just a funny story Uh, my mom has watched this movie with me sure and she always laughs but also is like she asked me one point in time which this movie was not out when i was doing it she was like what the hell is this like a common thing um so whenever his grandma is beside the bed and doing the moaning for uh whatever not sophie it was sophie Sophie. so fucking funny and she does that and then comes up and scares him yeah whenever i was a kid My house, whenever we were growing up, or my second house, rather, the first house house we lived in, uh, my bedroom, when I was like six, seven, we lived there until I was probably 10. Anyway, it was directly at the end of a hallway, and there was, at the end of the actual hallway was the door to my bedroom, and directly to the left of that was the door to my mom's room. And she would sleep with her door open, Mm -hmm. and we'd sleep with our door open. So some nights, just to fuck with her, I would get out of my bed and I would get on the ground and I would like stealthily crawl into my mom's room and I would get directly beside her bed and I just lay there and one night I just reached my hand up and like grabbed her wrist and she freaked the fuck out and then i waited like a week didn't give you know i was like i'm just not gonna do it again for a little bit so she does so she doesn't think that she needs to be more careful i let her get it comfortable again and i went into her room <laughs> crawled in got beside her bed rolled slightly underneath her bed and started making crazy noises because i can do like these weird like <laughs> dinosaur noises with my mouth so you're not <laughs> so you're I'm not just, gonna
1: do them <laughs> now
0: oh here i'll give you one yeah. i was beside her bed just like
1: Melanie oh my god <laughs> fuck you <laughs> and
0: dude she lost her fucking mind and for years she talks about that she's st- actually the most recent time that we had like a get together for 4th of July with like a few of our families she brought it up again <laughs> it's like she's haunted by these things so I remember every time I see this movie I just think about that and I'm like I'm a fucked up kid
1: uh, yeah. <laughs> or I was a fucked up kid <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately would throw my child out if they did that again. If they did that to me. Like, no Wait, question. H- here's a fun
0: story that ties back into this movie in a, in a slightly odd way. Just because the doll looked almost like the demon from Demonic. <laughs> we had It wasn't a doll. It was like an action figure. We had some kind of a demon action figure after this. And my buddy Cody was staying the night with us. And we were using it to mess with each other. Uh, So he would stay all weekend with us because he lived right down the road. And Mm. so the first night, we were all playing with each other. My mom kind of saw that we were doing it, but we didn't know. We were scaring each other with it. And so that night, after she noticed that, in the middle of the night, she came and got the toy out of our room while we were asleep, put it outside the windowsill of our bedroom, and when we woke up we saw it out there and we were like who the hell did that and like we were all like not trusting each other right so we got it and we lived on three acres of land with a ton of woods we got it and we just chunked it into the woods and it hit the front of like the wood line but all of us none of us got up we knew that much and the next morning it was hanging. We had like a bunk bed, and the bottom one was a, a futon, and we were all three in the bottom one because we just passed out there. And when we woke up, it was hanging from the fucking support bars up for the bed above us, and it scared the <laughs> shit out of all of us. <laughs> so my mom, my mom came back, classic revenge style.
1: That's actually really dope. so.
0: This is all kind of tied into
2: like the scary scene in the movie. And um, me and Haley were laying in bed like two weeks ago. And we were just like on our phones, like on our stomachs, you know, laying down or whatever. And all of a sudden we heard like whining and it sounded like a fucking dog. (laughs) And we don't have a dog. And so like both of us were like fucking terrified. I go, hello? And turn around. It's our fucking kids standing in the doorway just whining. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Like walk over here and talk to (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) Oh my God. But I mean, I went white. Like, I went cold. I was so scared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) But, um, so I guess we can get back to the movie here. Um, just kind of talking about quotes. I have a few written down. Does anybody else? I don't want to just like go off on a bunch of quotes if no one else does. So, one of my favorite ones is whenever. I'm almost positive it's right after he burns his hands. It might be a different scene. Mm. I don't have the scene written down, but he said, it was my roommates. They're crazy. They tied me up. I was like one of those little calves at the rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, right when I was about to call the police, I came and yeah. that felt nice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I love about that is it's oh immediately
0: God. juxtaposed with Samantha coming up and then being like, yeah, his roommates are doing it. He's like, oh, no, there was, there was a fire and I tried to save people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And
1: you fucking kicked uh, fat Jonah Hill in the calf. Dude.
2: He's like, oh, I think you chattered
1: it. <laughs> Jonah Hill being in this movie fucked me up for so long. I didn't realize he was in it until I watched it. I'm like, that's not Jonah Hill. Oh, that I, for, I forgot.
0: <laughs> that's the one thing I did forget. And then when it happened, I was like, I forgot fat Jonah Hill was in this.
2: Yeah, this one and Accepted were like the two main like fat Jonah Hills that I remember, and super bad. But he had, he was even skinnier and super bad than he was here. Yeah, mine sure. is
1: uh, Moneyball. That movie is great.
2: I actually haven't seen that one. That the, I want to though. Is it the one that's good. like a
1: sport? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it's, it's a, a baseball soccer
2: movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um. Yeah, I just had one. I don't. I didn't write down the exact quote, but it was. Um. It was whenever he was spending the night with um his friend uh, Jeff, and he's talking about his race car bed. <laughs> my
1: roommates
0: are gonna get me rims.
2: <laughs> he's like a fucking sweet car, man. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna ask my roommates for rims for
0: Christmas. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. Is the roommates thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. My roommates got it for me for for Christmas. <laughs> it's like your roommates. Don't and you mean your parents? <laughs> And he's talking about
2: he's uh i want to go to cb radio maybe yeah, talk to so other like car talk beds. To other car beds <laughs> here's the thing like dude you're a fucking adult if you're talking to other
0: car beds you're a fucking pedo i really i i really miss <laughs> old nick swartzen like the 2000s when he was making movies in the 2000s his characters were always fucking zany and goofy but he has this classic sense of comedy that every time he says shit it just makes me laugh and I think the reason I like it so much is that a lot of the times like definitely Jeff it sounds like shit from his stand up but just being personified in an actual character and I think a lot of his characters are really just him being like hey this is what I'm gonna do I don't think that these characters are being written and then given to him I think they're saying, like, hey, we kind of just need this person. And he comes in, he's like, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> but <laughs> my, what I love so much about that, and it's just this <laughs> classic Nick Swartz thing, is where once he says that, he's like, I could talk with other car radio or yeah, car beds, It'd be pretty, pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> it, it's just <laughs> that weird sense of like a cockiness to it. But while we're talking about Jeff in quotes, I would be remiss to not say what probably is the funniest quote in this whole movie to me just because of how fucking weird it is and it comes out of nowhere. Whenever Alex is sleeping under his desk and the grandmas come in to bring him lunch and they kind it kind of clicks and he's like, those are my roommates. And then he comes over with Alex and he's like dude jerking off on my mom is one thing banging your own grandma that's legendary (laughs) like it's a good thing yeah (laughs) that's what made me laugh because you expect him to be like but dude banging your own grandma that's pretty fucking gross but he's like that's legendary (laughs) (laughs) um but you know i'm surprised that none of us have brought up in quotes anything from dante yet
1: Dante is the best character in the movie for me.
2: The whole lion bit in the beginning. Dude It's like everyone has dogs. (laughs) Nobody fucks with a lion. (laughs) Dude,
1: the thing is I cannot disagree with that at all. It's a me and my dad both went It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, he's right.
0: My favorite bit of that is the news when he walks in and the grandparents are watching the news, and right when they're about to turn it off, it's like a lion caught in local neighborhood, and it's just daunting. Yeah. Being like, the shit was fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro, I saw the lion. I was like, oh shit, that's a fucking lion. That's the fucking king yeah. of the jungle, bro. <laughs>
0: so I called the five zero. <laughs> yeah
2: man all of his names for weed is great yeah. the brown bomber you get so high shit you shit pants. your pants
0: <laughs> <laughs> my, my, the response right to that the lion part the response to that from jody hill though it's like i already shit my pants this month <laughs> <laughs>
2: i did like when he was talking about the uh you get so high you think you're a deer or whatever yeah and he's like but dude lions eat deer he goes, oh, shit, man.
0: <laughs> What's the doctor's name? And he's like, Dr. Blah Blah. We're going to have to be careful, oh, man. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. Fuck. Well, look, while we're on, and we probably shouldn't spend all night on quotes because we'll just literally spend all night on quotes. But while we we're talking about the doctor. on. <laughs> while we're talking about the doctor, though, whenever Alex is leaving Dante's when he first meets the doctor, and he goes, and doctor? And he goes... <laughs>
1: yeah. like and the doctor, and the doctor
2: looks at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like he cuts him out yeah. or something. <laughs> and I love that it comes back in the end where the doctor's just like... He <laughs> does yeah. it back to him. I think the reason I laugh so hard at Dr. that... Dr. Shockaloo. Shockaloo, sorry. Yeah. But
0: I think the reason I laugh so much about the mouth click thing is like clearly it's meant to be like he said... he. he it was okay it's funny because it's taken as he probably said something he shouldn't or that the doctor was like what the fuck did you just do because we don't click anymore or whatever yeah Yeah. but to me it's pretty racially pushing watching that movie in the context of like 2020 yeah
2: yeah (laughs) i I I was watching
0: it i was like god that's fucking ballsy
2: (laughs) yeah i would wonder what the reception of this movie would be if it came out this year
0: it's weird that movies have this context and since they exist with in a lot of people's minds beforehand that context doesn't exist the same way. Like I can tell you right now, without a doubt, if this movie and that same joke had came out this year, I would still laugh just as hard. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I think, it's a funny joke. Yeah, but I know a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think, or at least be, a vocal segment would be upset. Well, yeah, that's because there's a vocal segment that's always upset. But I think the thing about it is like, it's a racist caricature that isn't racist because it's a person who's actually from africa like you know do you know what i mean by that we're like it's not like it's just it's not like one of these things where it's like some black dude from harlem and they put him in that thing it's like no nah, he's like a from the jungle <laughs> i get what
0: you mean like yeah the context is not some random person like if you took radio rahim from yeah uh, do the right thing and just for some reason suddenly dressed him up and like Yeah, yeah, I, I get what you mean to an extent Right. I mean I think context is weird anyway I think clearly this movie is just over the top and one of the things about Adam Sandler is he's typically looking at different cultures and putting them in the movie now I don't know how big of a hand he actually had in this movie but when you think about like don't mess with the Zohan that's clearly nothing but a caricature on all their cultures I mean it's not that far from even what you see from like Sacha Baron Cohen with like borat and all that shit you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah
2: sandler was a producer so i don't really know how much hands he would have had but a lot of the guys were like nick swardson was a producer sure well
0: it's, just, it's, oh, happy it's clearly a, a close like a closely held project it looks like it was something that everybody kind of had their own love letter in you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think this is the best happy madison that's not a adam sandler
1: movie i agree because it does i'm trying to think of what else they had
0: yeah i think you might be right actually i mean and the thing is it's like a genuinely good movie like it's heartwarming where it needs to be heartwarming it's funny of course because it's meant to be funny but it's a it's an interesting dirt maybe yeah yeah no joe dirt is definitely the best as much as i love this joe dirt is fucking iconic like hot chicks the hot chick with schneider is good but it's not great
2: that's yeah. the one where like it doesn't
1: stand up to these he, two like freaky fridays into a girl's body right yeah
2: okay. yeah yeah i mean I it's funny a long time the, i didn't realize funny people was happy madison i knew apatow directed it but i didn't realize he went through happy madison productions for that yeah, yeah.
0: um the there's also the animal oh <laughs> that fucking yeah movie. i didn't like that one that movie is disturbing it's funny and i like it but the effects mixed with the story it's, it's pretty weird um yeah besides like this i think it's this and joe
2: dirt would be like the best that don't have him in it Mm. they don't have sandler in it yeah for sure like by far i think maybe bench warmers i like that one i remember liking it. i don't know if it's still funny i haven't seen it in a long
0: time i haven't in a while but i know the last time i did watch it i enjoyed it you know one of the weird things is i wonder when something goes through happy madison what makes sandler choose to not be in the movie like that's out of just curiosity he's in most of them exactly so i wonder what it is about him or i wonder what it is about these product projects i wonder if it's more like it's something we'll never know and it really is just a genuine curiosity on my part but i wonder if this is something where it wasn't really his idea and what he's doing instead is just using his platform that he has to allow all of his friends to just make the movie they wanted to make i think so because if it's not adam sandler it's one of
1: his friends um, yeah, exactly if it's
2: not sandler it's schneider or kevin james well, or spade
1: i'm just looking at adam sandler's imdb and that was the same year as click and Ooh, the yikes. year before was um he did so he did Fifty First States dates spanglish and longest yard in the two years before that so i honestly feel like if he wasn't in this movie he was just busy you know (laughs)
0: that's that's totally possible for sure now i I don't think this would have worked with sandler i was just about to say that like the fact that he wasn't in it is interesting but at the same time i think the movie might be better for
1: it you know what though i will actually say that if adam sandler was playing david spade part david spade's part and had like an adam sandler freak out at the end i think that would have been pretty funny i don't know if it would have been as funny but i think it would have yeah. it would have worked I,
0: I i think like that yeah if the way they went about putting sandler in cameo, was a quick yeah. cameo that would be funny i could yeah. see that but if
1: like alex was played by adam sandler it wouldn't have been as good
2: yeah you know it's hard to say especially because most of us i mean all of us have seen it so many times that we're just used to the way it is mm. i wonder if it originally had him if we would have accepted it the same it's kind of like i I always
0: tell my wife where she'll look at something and be like that's weird i'm like it's only weird because it's not the way you've always done it I like you know if if you if you (laughs) always shit out of your like out of the front and piss out of the back you would be like yeah that's normal i like the moment you saw someone piss out of the front and shit out of the back you'd be like hold the fuck up
1: (laughs) i'm sorry you're (laughs) sitting on the toilet you fucking weirdo (laughs) how do you even wipe your your penis (laughs) <laughs> oh, could you imagine shitting out of your cock? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Whenever you said that, I was like,
0: ugh! It just like comes out like like it's already looks like sausage. But can you only imagine <laughs> spaghetti noodles? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about
2: beeflo
1: made. Am I right?
2: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so, real quick, just while we're on the subject of Happy Madison, the yeah, only yeah. one that I've found so far, because I was actually kind of interested oh, in this, possibly. is the house bunny that doesn't have all of the um like main sandler people in it
0: so you said it's called the house bunny that seems familiar yeah but it's, it's
2: an anna faris movie i haven't seen it ah
0: yeah uh, it's
2: like a. it looks like college uh zeta on the front whatever you know uh, the greek houses yeah sure
0: it's got emma stone and that what's that girl uh cat dennings or whatever yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I, I, oh, it does have Nick Swartzen in it, but he's way down the cast list, so it must be a small part. Like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, But he's 30, 20 people down. Yeah, I've
0: seen parts of it. I do remember the movie. Also, Anna Faris back then. When I was young, I had a huge crush on Anna Ferris oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. scary movie and shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm reading the uh, trivia of Grandma's Boy just to see. And I think one of them that's really funny is that... Uh, Dante when they were smoking pot he started replacing the fake weed with real weed and <laughs> he got he he got to the point where after it takes he couldn't feel his legs and had to go to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's why he feels so
0: authentic in that movie you yeah. know what I
1: mean oh yeah
0: that's so, fucking hilarious so Blake if you don't mind me hijacking the show for like two seconds while we're on the dude go for while it. we're on the topic of fun trivia and stuff about this this is something I've known forever Uh, but the game that they have in the movie was not just some ridiculous like made up game just that they only put together enough for to show in the movie this is actually a real video game being made by Clive Barker and Majestic or something I can't remember the name of the publishing company Majesco Uh, Majesco? yeah that's what it was Uh, Nabisco yes what (laughs) the cookie company (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what I'm saying, Keebler Elf bitches. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a, like that was a real game, and it was going to be a 360 game, and it was supposed to come out around the same time as as uh, Grandma's Boy. That way, it'd be like a cross promotion for it. And apparently, it ended up not going on because. <laughs> It was after one game that happened, and then the, the last Clive Barker game that I can remember was a game that actually I really love. It's a cool game. It's called Jericho. Oh yeah,
1: I don't yeah. know if any
0: of you ever played it. Yeah, it's a really cool yeah. game. Um, First person shooter. Yeah, this was before people. Jericho because Jericho was like oh seven or oh eight. So anyway, this game ended up getting canceled for some reason. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's still in the movie, and I thought that was really cool because I well, remember. I thought that? it was interesting. Sorry, I missed that part. What'd you say, Chris? What are you talking about? What game is it? Demonic, the game that was developed in the movie. movie.
1: They they, uh, canceled it because Majesco ran out of money.
0: Okay, I I must say I couldn't remember what it was, but I know Mm -hmm. that Majesco is not a publisher anymore. No, so that probably is what that would make sense. They went bankrupt.
1: (laughs) And I I remember Uh, always really wanting to play Demonic and being really upset it never came out.
0: Yeah, because I
2: didn't. Well, that's what's crazy about it. Is every time I watch this, I was like, that looks like a real game. Yeah. And it looks like every movie I've ever seen a video game being played in the game, it's either like fucking Mario
0: or it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. And my big thing about what I liked about that is much like Chris, whenever I used to watch this movie before I knew that, right? Because I, up until like, you know, of course I had internet back then, finally, (laughs) but. I didn't know that it was a real game until like the second time I watched the movie probably like 2007 or 2008 and I was immediately bummed because I was like what that was a real game that game looked fucking sick yeah, it looks really good. Fuck, I didn't know until now. Yeah, so it really bummed me out for a long time, and I've looked up stuff about it, and not that it would ever happen, but I think the cool thing about that and the fact that that is like a trivia piece to me is that this game clear or this movie clearly has a lot of love and respect for the gaming industry and how gaming works. It may not be exactly to the point. I think clearly it romanticizes development for the sake of the movie's plot. Um yeah. But at the same time, this was meant to be mirrored after a time when development was not nearly as fraught with crunch as it is now. So I think that while looking back at it see, now feels I, like it's a little romanticized, I don't think at the time it was as crazy of a look at what development maybe actually looked like as what we got to see.
1: So you know what's interesting? Well, it got like sorry, go ahead, Blake.
2: I was just gonna say it got like the um, sexual harassment down to a T at least. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: what i found interesting is that now that you're talking about that is i almost feel like it's very subtle because the movie is not about it but i don't think it's romanticizing development because think think about the, this is why i say it's subtle because it's only one line you don't really notice it where it is completely normal that someone is sleeping at their desk testing a video game yeah and that and they
2: speak of, like, crunching, yeah. too. I don't use the word crunching. but Like,
1: you know. I, I personally, and I, this is maybe a controversial take, I don't think crunch is a bad thing. But um, just the fact that it's... Well, that is a controversial I take. I mean, I'm right. <laughs> you, get, you have a deadline. Everyone does. I have to get food done in 10 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> um, but the fact that it's just so, like, oh, he's, he just slept at his desk working, like, that to me is kind of, like, I feel like if the movie was about development, that would have been hit on a little bit more, but it's just not. So, like, they have that line, and you don't really think about it, but, like, if you really look into it, you're like, okay.
0: So, here's the only thing I kind of look... I, I will give you the fact that first of all I want to go ahead and agree with you that I don't think crunch always has to be a bad thing and much like any creative endeavor there is a point where you have to shit or get off the pot as it were and that means that if you know you can't really delay it anymore for a number of reasons maybe it's you're just running out of time literally you're running out of money to support that time whatever it is there comes a point where you have to stop and go we have to just get this done I as somebody like you're working on a book as we talk about plenty of times mm-hmm. I work on uh, music and there comes a point where you can't just continuously keep trying to make it better and better and better and better you're eventually going to kind of wrangle it in and be like this is what it is and now what we have to do is focus on getting it done in a reasonable amount of time now that does mean that there is some level of And this happens in movies, too. Like, right? If we want to make this more about the industry that we're talking about with this podcast, there's crunch in movies. There's crunch in CGI development. There's all those things. You have a time limit. You know that going into it. And if Mm -hmm. you know you're not going to hit that deadline, that means that you have to go out of your way to make sure that you do hit it because it's expected of you. Now, crunch can clearly be a bad thing, and too much of it is clearly a bad thing. But I think that... We see a lot of really good studios that have a lot of people that like crunch because some people thrive under it, and I think the honest truth of crunch is that it's good for some and bad for others. That's really what it comes yeah. down to. I don't know.
2: And I, I think the issue with that is that it's good for some and bad for others. Yeah, but I think that your bosses hold you to the same standards. They hold other people that are in the same position as you. And so when you, now, have I'm not saying someone, they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. When you have someone that works 80 hours a week and loves it and then you have someone that works, like, 40, 45, and, like, that's their kind of limit, or they're, like, zoning out at work or sleeping at the desk or whatever, then how do you really handle that? You know what I mean? I think that's the issue. You sure. give
1: the guy who's working 80 hours a week a raise, and you tell the guy who's working 40, you don't get a raise. <laughs> that's what you do.
2: Well, sure. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that they need to be fired or there's no way to handle it. And here's the other besides, side. Besides, like, saying you can only work 40, but I'm just saying that... It holds other people to a standard that they can't be held to just based on their limitations. Yeah,
0: and I think the other bit of it is... When it comes down to being paid, I think the other weird thing about crunch in any industry, in any industry is that funding is secured up front, and if you need more money, you have to go and get requests, and you may not yeah. get them, but you 're still expected to do the thing so if you know you 're behind schedule and you go, "Wow, we you know we can only pay our guys to work the extra amount of time needed to finish this if the people who, were, who gave us funding to begin with allow us more money." and it's not unfair of the people who gave you money in the first place to be like hey we gave you this money under the auspices of you getting it done in this Mm -hmm. time frame so, I think the only thing that gets that makes crunch like particularly bad outside of like the potential for expectations of one being mirrored onto to someone else i think because like chris 's thing is my biggest thing is like realistically the person who's putting in the extra thing and doing good you know give them rewards but don 't necessarily punish the other person you know they 'll just keep working a normal thing, but for the people that do want to give the extra give them rewards but I think the problem yeah. with it is is that where crunch gets really you know hard to defend is when it's people crunching and working tons of overtime without getting any pay that's right. when it starts yeah. becoming for salary people yeah, untenable yeah, but, position it's really hard to know. pull off at that
1: point it kind of feels like we don't have to keep going on this but it kind of feels like all these cops i see on tiktok who are like oh people are so mean to me and i'm like bro you chose this job it's paying you well <laughs> you don't get to complain i was born blue bitch you, you, <laughs> well it's just like you don't get to complain that people are mad that at cops Like, I get it. It it must suck to hear "fuck cops" and you know all that other shit. But right now, it's kind of like, bro, you got to calm down. And to me, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing where it's like, if I choose, if I choose to write books and I get famous off it, and then or not famous, but someone is publishing my books and they're like, your book needs to be out in in another year. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I could, you know, I didn't want to work more than twenty hours a week. You know, they're gonna be like, okay, fuck you, your book's done. You know. and and that's that's true it comes with
0: the territory of being a creator at some point you have to just take on when you're doing it you're taking on the potential responsibility but going back to the movie yes uh, and kind of how it views gaming I think one of the things that's important is to note that while the movie does show some development uh and it's actually not that crazy different from just the way that these things work because clearly they're working on multiple games at any given time and they're just they have groups that are focused on getting the one finished so that it can ship at the date that it's supposed to ship uh, one of the big things is this movie does show the inside of a game studio right maybe not necessarily accurately but also the people that we're really following is primarily a group of testers yeah. not developers Right. And that is an inherent difference. Yeah. And then the other thing about the sleeping is cl- the movie kind of makes references that Alex is not typically sleeping at his desk. So this is not something that's common for him. Now, I will give you right. the credit that when Samantha finds him, she's not like, you fell asleep on your desk? What the hell's going on around here? Right i think it's just it's kind of viewed as a not that big of a deal but you don't see people doing it all the time either within the movie i don't
1: don't mean to imply that i just think that like if you wanted to you could be like oh, that you could her her just completely ignoring it especially the fact that she's the one who's going to be like okay you guys are working 70 hours a week now because that's her job (laughs) you know yeah Yeah, true where she's just like yeah yeah he slept at his desk great job (laughs) <laughs> Get your levels done, bro.
0: <laughs> give, that man you, give, give that man a raise. Wait, we don't have enough money to give him a raise? Give that man a cookie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, they do work for Nabisco. so
1: That's true. Special thanks to Alex who slept at his desk. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the credits of the game. <laughs> 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 this game wouldn't have been possible without
0: Alex's tireless night sleeping at his desk. We bought him a pillow. <laughs> but hey it was more than just a normal pillow it was one of those my pillows yeah. <laughs> so you, you can have the show back blake
2: i'm sorry yeah it's your show. <laughs> no you're good i just didn't want to start if y'all were still talking um so i guess we can move on to like our favorite scenes we've kind of gone over the quotes um brett what's uh give me your top 17 scenes real quick go okay.
0: top 17 okay The whole movie. Starting from 12. (laughs) Gotcha. Taking the idea of scenes and kind of cutting it a little bit more into like, you know, feeling – because just to be honest, I know Chris is like this too. The idea of just being like, what's your favorite scene? Sometimes it works in movies and sometimes it doesn't. And the reason I'll say in this movie it's weird is like the best way to kind of talk about this movie is kind of the interesting fact that at no point in time is anything – bad, boring, bland or anything. Mm. But at the same time, yeah. it's never from a visual standpoint, I should say. It's never just like amazing. Like you don't watch this movie and be like, "Oh, that was a beautiful shot" or something like that. Right. This movie I guess I should have said like your favorite bits, yeah, like sure. your comedy bits, I sure. guess. And I, and I was just saying like in general, you know, sometimes it gets weird um but if we're just talking about funny little things that are in the movie that we really like um i I think that there's a lot of cool stuff when you look at the background like did any of you notice how often there were metagor solid posters almost Mm -hmm. to the point of i wonder if that was like a advertisement for metagor solid because it was almost every time it was not only metagor solid it was Gear solid 3 yeah i didn't even notice that i I noticed a lot of game informer posters but that was the only thing
1: yeah i noticed it but they did have a lot of games in there they had blood rain 2 mm-hmm. i wrote them down there's blood rain 2 halo 2 uh metal gear i don't remember if there was any more but i think the reason it feels that way is because we just kept passing the same poster you know but i don't know well there were
0: two different same. posters for sure
1: well it was metal gear 2 and metal gear 3 from what that, I, I think
0: you're right i think it was metal gear 2 and then metal gear 3 yeah uh
1: but I like
0: that aspect of it, but I like that they, they also kind of went their own way because this is clearly a movie that's kind of taking jabs at different things. So, you know, during the scene when he's talking to Dante and y'all were mentioning the... How did he see me? Yeah. <laughs> JP. JP, yeah. yeah. Sorry, not Dante. Uh, but yeah, the JP scene. So if you look at the posters <laughs> yeah. in the background, did, y'all, did any of you notice the fake posters yeah. for video games? The gay robots or whatever? Yeah, warning metal on metal. that was so good and then the other one was the i don't know i don't get the joke on the the name the phadrian's quest or phadrian's quest but i like that it's clearly like a game like a dude getting like a boozed up and it says includes distortion glasses to simulate extreme drunkenness
2: um chris what about you man what's a a little comedy bit you thought was really good
1: i mean we haven't talked about it but it's 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 alex coming on jeff's mom (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's yeah. such a good scene oh Laura you dirty girl you're not wearing oh no panties oh I like that
2: <laughs> oh, Lord, what do you say my cock is in the woods go find it yes, or
1: something cock <laughs> is in the jungle <laughs> <laughs> oh you dirty girl <laughs>
0: <laughs> my favorite thing is like once he starts coming he's he's screaming in a way that no man would ever scream but it makes the moment so much more funny <laughs> oh,
1: i can't like, stop coming it feels so good <laughs> 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 uh, and
0: also the fact that after it they're standing in the street and he's like dude i can't believe you came on my mom And he's like you can stay." my mom Do still my mom said you can stay <laughs> if you want <laughs> <laughs> and then the look oh she gosh. gives him whenever she pulls up to pick him up—yeah,
2: <laughs> just a look of pure disgust. Oh shit! I mean, everything about Jeff and his like quote-unquote roommates and everything is just so great. Yeah. Did you hear the, the room lo- he's in? The air mattress is like that tiny fish. Like, <laughs>
0: I swear to God, it's a swimming float, right? <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be. <laughs> did you hear uh whenever she picks up jeff and the the mom gives alex that look did you hear like right before they're pulling off he's like did you remember the tivo samurai jack
1: yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. i did <laughs> oh
2: man their whole relationship is just so weird so what about you
0: blake <laughs> what, what you got what do you like
2: yeah um really like like you said the whole movie is just really good but um the, uh, when he's vacuuming, when he's doing the chores, you know, they wake him up at like 6 o'clock or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the chores and he's vacuuming the living room. And it's not even mentioned, really. <laughs> I know what you're talking like about. Like, if you look down for 15 seconds and then look back up, you totally miss it. He's vacuuming, he picks up the couch and there's like four dead yeah. cats under it. <laughs> and not only are they and dead. And they're like petrified. <laughs> yeah. They are like mummy cats. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, another one. This is probably the last one I've got here. Um, I think it's when... um, What's her name? Samantha, right? Yeah. She's talking about giving out the levels to each of the people or whatever. Yeah, And she gives it to Jeff. She's like... I don't remember what numbers, but she's like, you level five through seven. And he's like, let's do it. The
1: levels, I mean, not six.
0: (laughs) 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 So... I think it's surprising that we actually haven't talked much about the romances in this movie and how ridiculous most of them are. I actually think the Samantha romance with Alex is handled okay. It's not perfect because it does feel a little bit like, hey, here's the girl and she's going to like this guy. But it's at least it's not that bad. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of chemistry between them and it's worked on. Also, yeah. shout out to that girl. That actress is so beautiful.
1: Oh, yeah. Every yeah.
0: time I see her in anything, I'm just like... I always think back to when I was a kid and I was like, boy, Velma thick. What's up, Velma? What you got? (laughs)
2: Holy shit, that is Velma. That is
0: Velma. God
2: damn, I knew I knew her
0: from somewhere else. She's in that new Netflix series, uh, Dead to Me or whatever. And she's older and she still looks good, dude. (laughs) She's just a good looking lady. Uh, But more importantly. I don't think that's the best romance in the
2: movie, though.
1: Oh, I don't think it is either
2: it's jonah hill's character and the girl with big tits 13 (laughs) (laughs) hours he sucked for 13 hours
1: (laughs) Uh, i couldn't imagine being that girl and being like yeah sure just suck on my titties for 13 fucking hours literally over half a day
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i was gonna say that one's clearly funny i was going to say it's not sophie but i can't remember her name uh the lady that jeff sleeps with oh Oh my God, Jean? Maybe I make. Well, she, I make what do you call out? her? Silver Lightning? My Silver Fox or whatever. Yeah. Silver Fox. Yeah, something, like. something like that, uh dude. At the end, whenever they're going at, you know, whenever the grandma and JP are playing for the battle, and they're just over there, and he's like taking his shirt off and <laughs> licking it, like licking her ears, and she's licking his. I'm like, oh, this is so gross, but it's also hilarious. <laughs> I love the... Or when he asks um, if Charlie Chaplin
2: was yes, silent with uh, yes.
1: or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly what I was going to say.
0: <sighs> Holy shit. When he's bragging to all the dudes, and I, and I love it because like, this movie clearly takes jabs at the fact that nerds are typically viewed out as virgins. I love that when you're seeing all that going on, like... <laughs> They have the thing where even though they know it's an older lady and that's clearly part of it, this whole room of young dudes is just there listening to Jeff brag about this old lady. Yeah. <laughs> I love it's like, do you think she invented the hand job? He's like, I don't think she invented the hand job, but she did start the finger in the asshole during a blowjob. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's just such an over the top line and it's so ridiculous, but it's funny as hell. And there's something that every time that they're on screen and and doing that back and forth, it's like, it's funny as hell, but it's also kind of uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) I was trying to find the fucking um, quotes for Kane. I can't find them anywhere. But he had some of my favorite lines. He was just like, nothing would happen, and then he would just be immediately suicidal. Yeah,
0: i put that in here. Uh, Let me me find it. uh, It was just a basic note, but his self loathing, like suicidal nature throughout the whole movie. When it's like I I deserve to die, and then Alex walks in and he's like, All the levels are finished, guys. He's like, Don't kill yourself. Don't worry about it, Kane. He's like, I still feel like I deserve to die. (laughs) (laughs) Also, again, with this movie playing on crazy, like, racial stereotypes, isn't it fucking hilarious to anybody else that Kane drives like a fast and the furious, decked out fucking tuner car <laughs>
1: well, it's, the, it's the same car he drives in uh too fast too furious it is it is isn't it too yeah, is fast too furious is a really terrible movie I so that. whoa I don't, oh fuck off
2: whoa. fuck off dude it's got the best scene in the whole series we whoa. <laughs> the car scramble <laughs> the car hungry. scramble
0: it, the car scramble's all right but listen i had this The conversation. car scramble was amazing i had this conversation with someone yesterday Well, we're having it again. You don't like Tokyo Drift. (laughs) And I actually think Tokyo Drift is a good movie. And I think for what the series was intended to be and set up to be from the very beginning and what it portrayed itself as... I think Tokyo Drift is the only sequel to The Fast and Furious that feels like a Fast and Furious movie because it's just about street racing and all the weird legality.
2: That might be true in theory, but it's still one of the worst movies ever made. Well,
1: that's a fucking lie. I've seen Elevator to the Gallows, so... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fuck right off. Just kidding, (laughs) I actually liked that movie. I gave it like a three. I know, I know. (laughs) Um,
2: No, I just... Like I'm from the south, and I didn't realize that the main character from Tokyo Drift—we are way off course yeah, here—but I'm sticking to it. It's fine. <laughs> so I didn't realize he was from the south, and every time I've seen that movie, I thought he was faking a southern accent. No,
1: that's his real accent.
2: It's so bad. It's horrible.
1: Apparently not, though. It's his real accent. <laughs> but you have to remember. Well, I
2: apologize to that guy, but it's fucking trash.
0: You have to remember, man. Depending on where you are in the south, the accents are crazy different. You don't think about it. I mean, yeah, but it sounds fake. Does it not? Like, it doesn't. It sounds
2: like he's trying to be Southern. Uh,
0: kinda, but he just sounds like those people that have the like you. Just, you hear them and the real you're long you're just drawl. Like, yeah, exactly. And I think it depends on where you're from and who you're raised around because partially because I have a lisp, you don't hear it nearly as bad. But I don't consider myself to have a very strong Southern accent. No, and you don't so it's one of those things where I think it's partially because of who I was raised around my mom is really like into being my mom's very literal and she likes using big words and making sure everything's pronounced correctly so sure in that nature I think it's a nature versus nurture kind of thing if all you're ever hearing is people just speaking with a long draw and kind of giving that old good old boys sound to your voice then it's easy to feel like that's fake definitely for me as someone who doesn't have that in me at all i feel like it is weird to hear that but i don't ever think of it as fake necessary you know it's just like i don't know i i grew up
2: around a lot of different accents being in like middle to southern georgia yeah and i just i don't know that's just how i always interpreted it and then like it's pretty recently that i found that it was a real accent (laughs) yeah that's that's how it sounds his he just turns me off of that entire movie. It's not really the worst movie ever made. Obviously, it's a fine movie, but I can't watch it because of him.
0: I just still stand by. It's the only movie that makes sense as a sequel to the first movie, and that's fair. Yeah. I wouldn't argue that point. Yeah. I don't think the second one is too <clears throat> bad. I actually think the first movie that just made me go, "What the fuck?" was and it, I still enjoyed the movie, but it, I still kind of came from this side of like, "What the hell are we doing here?" Was the very poorly named Fast and Furious. Yeah, Just, the fourth one. That's when they started introducing all this crazy shit, like the you know the desert drive or whatever the hell they were doing. It was all ridiculous. Yeah. It's been years since yeah. I've watched it. The fifth it. one's the best. See, the, the fourth one is the last one I watched because even though I, it was okay movie, I was like, this this series is clearly heading in a way I don't like. And then when the fifth one came and they were like, we're gonna add jason statham and all these other people i'm like yeah, i'm, I'm good i'm done that one was the rock, the rock but yeah. yeah so whatever dude matter.
2: seriously watch the fifth one it's one of my favorite heist movies of all time it's fucking incredible i might
0: but if anything i'm just gonna watch the first movie again because it's the <laughs> best one
2: okay we'll watch the fifth okay <laughs> anyways back to grandma's boy
0: yeah. so <laughs> since we are way off track while <laughs> we're on this weird topic of like romances in the film though uh with all the weird stuff going on with jeff and his silver fox um uh, JP exudes all these things, of course, like the White Knight stuff that we were talking about, that just kind of show him as, like, the absolute apex of this weird, like, sexless, no-anything. He's just... uh, He's, like, a deprived... Gross virgin, and nothing yeah. I think says that more than when he's walking around, listening to the music, when he has is like taking a break from working on the game, and he's going up to the statue and being like, Samantha, you will be mine. Yeah, <laughs> and then he rubs the statue's pussy, <laughs> <laughs> like he like runs his finger all the way down the statue, uh, and then okay. like gets to its like pussy and just like, boop I'm like, what the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> you've never fingered a statue before.
0: No, bro, I've never fingered a statue. It seems like it would be cold and heartless. <laughs> be cold
1: and wet. I don't like thing. the water. <laughs> I don't like the rain. Well, as, yeah. ben, as ben Shapiro would say, uh, wet pussy is a gynecology, a gynecology uh, disease. So, Gynecological, is that the one?
0: I guess that'd be the word. That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Ben Shapiro doesn't get late.
0: Shout out to my boy BS. uh hey blake did you notice yeah and the reason i actually wonder this is because i'm fairly positive that you have um i think you own the movie if you've not watched it have you ever seen animal house i have not actually okay so I, i don't know if you've ever noticed this you probably wouldn't if you've not watched it the art and cover for this movie is a classic Call back to the way that Animal House and those old classic movies kind of structured their art with like the almost caricature nature to everything. If you go look at Animal oh, okay. House's cover and you look at Grandma Boy's, Grandma's Boy's cover, it's very similar.
2: I'm looking it up now, sorry.
0: Oh, you're cool. Yeah, I, um, that's one I've always wanted to see but just never gotten
2: around to it really. Yeah, yeah, that is very similar with the house in the background and everything.
0: Yeah, it's just like a weird caricature thing that has all the characters that are like really something in there. But it's also kind of got like this weird, like Grandma's Boy specifically has this weird. Do you know what the cover, like the art for the new guy, looks like? It looks like if someone tried taking like a teenage pandemic thing, Army
2: of Darkness, kind of.
0: Um, uh, maybe the guy
2: standing with his hand in the air and the two women at his, that feet, are at right? his
0: feet exactly it's kind of like that yeah. triumphant thing i don't know if that was just a thing that they did in the early 2000s or what <laughs> well army of
2: darkness was late 80s early 90s i think oh i had no i actually clue. haven't seen army of darkness but that's the first one that i remember i'm sure it's not the only picture that has a guy with like women at his feet uh, but that's the not. first one i remember at least
0: yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it was on one of the revenge of the nerds movies
2: yeah probably so (laughs)
0: It just it seems like something that would be apt for that you know what i mean
2: (laughs) yeah those movies are
0: so bad i've only seen one of them and it was awful they're interesting they're very of their time so it's hard for me to have a bad opinion of them because i'm just watching it like this is fascinating (laughs) i just remember those movies kind of being like oh, they're nerdy and they
2: accidentally sexually assault women. Whoops,
0: they can't help it because they're awkward. <laughs> like, <laughs> Again, <okay. laughs> very of that time. Because if you think yeah, about most sure. of those movies, it's like Porky's was another big movie in that time period. Yeah, It's almost like this 80s angst thing. I don't, I don't know. It's very weird watching those movies because you have that extreme end of it, but then you also have shit like Footloose where you're just like, right. okay, so parents are saying that they're going to oppress Can't you from dance. dancing. <laughs> so you have to go dance. <laughs> this sounds a lot like a metaphor for your parents not letting you go fuck your girlfriend. So you go sneak out and fuck your girlfriend anyway. <laughs> um, so I have, I have my last thing that I want to close off with. And then y'all can do whatever you want to with the show. Okay. How would you guys feel? I'm going to pitch you something real quick. How All would right, you guys feel shoot. about a side spinoff movie for this sure. that features Dante... Yes, and okay. he creates a blunt, right? <laughs> and this yeah. is actually kind of a tie-in to. If I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a Pineapple Express thing. The blunt that's a cross joint. Yeah. Okay. So in this one, Dante's going to mix a bunch of crazy weed together alone by himself. Maybe we can have the monkey or the doctor there, just because they're more passive characters. But he's going to create this thing and he's going to burn it. And the cross is important for one reason once he goes to smoke this, he's going to lose his mind and the, the remainder of this movie is going to be like a crazy play on Dante's Inferno but it's going to just all be through the lens of Dante from Grandma's
1: Boy. I mean, you had me at Dante, but bringing in Dante's Inferno 10 out of 10, let's do it.
2: I'm in. Yeah, And it's the video game, not the play, right?
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Visceral
0: <laughs> 2010 classic <laughs> something like that
2: it's just dante high as fuck like slaying babies and like naked women in hell yeah,
1: yeah. The, mo- the movie starts with him playing Dante, or the movie it's dante's inferno and then at the end it's just him playing dante's inferno <laughs> that's what but he's so high that out. he thinks all the
0: things are happening
1: to him. yeah exactly
0: there we go there we
1: go we I'm got in. this no i'm down 10 out of 10
0: that's all i had to say for some reason the whole time i was watching this movie i was like he's fucking crazy he makes all these crazy blunt references it's not that crazy to think that you could have a fun story that would seem in his character to just be like oh hey here you go Mm -hmm. (laughs) smoke this crazy blunt go to hell
1: (laughs) (laughs) make your way back out
2: so what about you chris anything to close the show out with
1: no, I'm actually Any good. Any last I feel remarks? Like we've kind of gone through everything. I, I just love this movie. I don't. Wa- I kind of want to watch it again.
2: Yeah, same here. I watched it with Haley while I built my bookshelf, and then the next morning rewatched it <laughs> just to make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah. I've seen it so many times, but I didn't want to come into it only having watched like three fourths of it because I kept looking down.
1: Yeah. <laughs> when I finished it, I was like, I didn't need to watch that again. <laughs> not that I didn't yeah. watch it, but I was like, I could have done that whole fucking show. With.
2: All right, so. Chris, um, out of five stars, how many do you give this movie? Five, <laughs> five out of five. Good score. I don't blame you. What about you, Brett? How much do you give it?
0: Oh, Laura, you little naughty! Oh, I, yeah, she it gets five stars.
1: <laughs> 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 My man. All right, I give it
0: four stars.
2: Fucking,
1: fucking Blake, man. <laughs> uh, Blake, Blake doesn't give them. Blake five
0: doesn't stars. give enough movies. Nothing but five, and then suddenly the movie he's gushing about, he has to give a
1: four.
2: <laughs> I love this movie, but it's just not a five star movie. It's no elevator movie. Little Girl right.
1: steals the Grappling Hook, five out of five. Fuck it.
2: You know <laughs> what? Eat a dick. Gallons. What do you pick for next week, Chris? Um,
1: <laughs> the Japanese movie that has inspired the entire suite of video games that has ever come out in the last five years. And we are going to watch Battle Royale. There's a okay. fucking cool. Japanese movie. I don't want to watch that
0: whole
1: Yes, there is. Yeah. Holy cool. shit. I'm okay. down for that. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's I think I've seen a little bit of it. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. It's about a bunch Here, of Here, let me
2: um real quick. Let me stall by saying that I am extremely excited to watch that because I've been wanting to see that for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten to around to it yet. Yeah. So, it is streaming on voodoo for free with
0: ads.
1: Oh, sick. I just bought it. Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay,
0: because if I can say something real quick, Uh, watching movies with ads is fucking cancer. I agree, yeah holy shit I was I trying to figure it out it depends to watch, on the ad I was trying to figure movie, out how to I mean. watch Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2 I'd bought it from Amazon but I wanted to watch it the night that I bought it so I was like i want to see where it's at and nowhere could rent it nowhere could do anything I was like this is so stupid really? and I went to Amazon and it's available for free through the IMDB thing but with ads and it was the fucking worst and yeah. all of the ads were at the worst parts I've ever seen in a movie it killed me yeah. I couldn't believe so,
2: it so it depends on the genre for me um, I don't like horror with ads because it breaks the tension that is very much needed. Yeah, But for like dramas and comedies and stuff, I don't mind it.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I stand back on what I was saying, though. It's cancer. No, I hear you. Yeah, for sure.
2: <laughs> if I can watch it without ads, I would do that every time. I
1: understand your opinion. Cancer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Brett. You want to carry us out of here with
0: your hoopla? I will carry us out with our hoopla if Love. you like the Adios, show...
2: turd nuggets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remember... That you can find us on Wednesdays, every Wednesday. Or if you want to support us on Patreon and give us a little bit of extra love for as little as a dollar per month, you can get the episodes early on the Friday before they come out. But you can go follow us on our social media if you want to keep up with what the show is doing and things that we do throughout the week. You can find us on Twitter at matinee underscore midweek. You can find us on Facebook at midweek matinee. You can also find us on Instagram, I think, also at midweek matinee. So you can find us on Instagram at midweek matinee or... If you want to support the show, like I said, though, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving us as little as $1 per month. What it does is, of course, help support the shows directly. Not only this one, but my other show, Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, which you can cast every Monday with my buddy Saul. And sometimes our special episodes that we're doing with Mr. Chris Figs here. Lastly, our patrons also get shouted out at the end of every episode and piece of content that we do. So with that in mind, we would like to think... Our patrons, Mr. Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green, My Name is Dan, Rude Days 93, Eric McAllister, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Paganbits, Joshua Lago, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, the Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stephen Swanlin, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, and lastly, Mr. Tyler B. Thank you so much.